Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Sam Levin. I love that you just touched on some of your many interests because that's where we're going now. We talked about Spanish. You're also a marathon runner. You're into creative writing. I know you journal. I'm not sure if you're still journaling every day. I know you were doing, yes, you're nodding your head, photos, video, travel, and mindfulness. Mm. And I want to dig into that last one with you right now, because that's something we actually share most of those other <laughs> things in common, Sam, but I'm super passionate about, in my case, the mindfulness and meditation practice. And I would love to hear about what's involved in your practice and how you think it's affected your productivity and your professional journey thus far since you graduated. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And I'm excited to, to speak more on it. For me, it's really about communicating with yourself, understanding that your mind, body, and spirit are kind of different entities. And when you connect them, you really feel whole. And that's the way I teach. I teach a physical body scan. So what you're doing is mentally, we're touching our toes and we're connecting our brain to our toes. And you're really going up the body and thinking through all these body parts. You're appreciating health along the way. You are using your imagination. If your hands are on your stomach, you think of meal that you had recently or a meal that you're looking forward to. Then we can get some imagination in there of the colors on the plate of the food or the people you're with at the table and really understanding that I can spin a brain or your thought patterns with just as simple as saying, think of a plate that is covered with green food. Now think of it covered in yellow food. Now think of a cuisine from a different country. Now we're thinking of Italy. We're thinking of Spanish food. We're thinking of American food. And you can really toss a brain around And when you're teaching meditation or mindfulness and it's noon on a Friday, it's 8 a.m. on a Wednesday, you can also use the date of the calendar and say, hey, we're midway through June. Today is Tuesday, June 14th. It is 10.55 Eastern time. You have a whole day ahead of you of opportunity, of growth. You also have a whole week ahead of you. You have half your month left, 
How do you want to attack your goals this next half of a month? So there's all these different ways, especially on a Monday, right? You have the whole week ahead of you or a Sunday night. Think about the week in review. Different strategies that I picked up really naturally. My favorite is sending your brain into outer space and thinking of all your problems and seeing how small they are on planet Earth. That viewpoint is wild, especially once you've built up this mindfulness journey in the last 30 minutes. So I do that at the very end of the mindfulness practice. And I get a lot of people when they do that last deep breath of the day, they feel all their problems escape. Doesn't matter how many emails are in your email inbox or all the activities that you already have planned this week, you can just slow it down. And so that's really what mindfulness has done for me. I'm active, as we just discussed. I am flying around the world. I am running marathons. And if I didn't have a balance, if I wasn't able to slow down and go at different speeds, I'd burn out by the time I'm... I don't know how old I'd be, but I would. I would burn out. The fact that I have this self-communicative, I, I understand my body really well. And it's through mindfulness. And I understand my mind and my spirit. And I'm not afraid to dive into whatever my body is telling me to do. If I need extra sleep, if I need to go for a run, if I need to travel, I'll book travel, like anything like that. The mindfulness journey for me came very naturally. I never had any sort of mental health issues, but I was always very focused on happiness issues. I was always, how do I get more happy? How do I understand what makes me happy? And, and that's communicating with your body. Oh, that is so, so beautiful. And I am really in awe of you, Sam, because I didn't discover mindfulness and meditation until I was in my 50s. And it has totally rocked my world. And the fact that you have already tapped into this like secret world <laughs> is. So amazing. I just want to lay out for you what my interpretation mm -hmm. of mindfulness and meditation are sure. and see if it gels with yours. The way that I've been taught, mindfulness is really, as you just said, like that body scan and mm -hmm. the five senses, Great. taste, touch, vision, hearing, feeling, right? It's a way for you to get into your body. Meditation is about getting out of your brain and the intellect that we're in. Like, you know, we're always analyzing and slicing and dicing and all of that, but we aren't really in our hearts and our gut. Mm -hmm. The reason that I love meditation so much is that. When you get out of your head and into your heart and gut, that's where your intuition lies. And when you said when you were a senior and then, you know, you took that leap and went to work for B&H, you were trusting yourself, which I think, unfortunately, is a big deficit for Gen Z. And frankly, probably for every generation before that there's a lack of trusting when you're in your 20s that actually the answer is inside you. It's not with your parents or your friends or your fill in the blank, whoever's sure. in your world, right? Mm -hmm. Does that does that resonate with you? 
yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that influence us every day. And so once you are grounded and you really trust your gut and you're your number one influence, well, now you can make confident decisions knowing that you're a hundred percent behind them. I had met someone when I was traveling in Oaxaca where I was learning how to surf totally different story. But I met this woman and she said she'd been traveling for about three years. She started trusting her gut about three years ago. And she said she never is indecisive about a decision again. She doesn't take her long to think through her decisions, whether it's big or small. She just trusts her gut and then she goes. And I was like, wow, that's completely freeing. Like you are literally just like going through your intuition and your gut. You feel it. Am I going this way or am I going that way? Okay, I'm going that way. Perfect done deal. Don't need to go over the decision for 10 days and go back and forth. The mindfulness versus meditation conversation. Meditation is very, very difficult for me because I am so active. I'm always slicing and dicing. I'm thinking of a million things. Mindfulness allows me to slowly dive into it. It's not me telling you to sit still and clear your head. That is very difficult for somebody to do when it's a forceful action. Mindfulness is much more inviting. I invite you to close your eyes or you can keep them slightly open at a downward gaze. I invite you to think about your third eye and understand that it connects with anywhere in your body instantaneously. And you can think from your third eye to your fingers and you can wiggle your fingers. How cool is it that we have the power to send that message from our head to our neck to our chest, to our arms, to the fingers. And that's what mindfulness does. At the end of a mindfulness practice, I am much more in an element where I can meditate, if that makes sense. I've loosened up my mind. I'm now in a state of calm or a state of relaxation that I can now jump into meditation. But for me, meditation, just like sitting down and ready meditate is very difficult for me. The fact that I teach mindfulness, I actually think it'd be really difficult for anyone else. I invite you to find your own thing that works for you. Totally. The woman that I learned with, who's actually in New York, she teaches online recorded meditation practices. One of the first teachers to do that. She was the first meditation teacher that I had who helped me to recognize that asking your brain to stop thinking thoughts while mm. you're meditating is as unrealistic as asking your heart to stop beating because it's involuntary. And the act of thoughts coming in and out of your head is actually almost like a cleansing practice. Mm -hmm. And it isn't that you're doing it wrong. You're doing it right. So you just watch the thoughts go and come back to the mantra. But anyway, that's kind of what helped me. How did you discover mindfulness? How did you get into this space? Yeah. I mean, if you ask my mom, I was spiritual growing up, whether it was coloring or journaling, right? Journaling is a form of mindfulness practice. Appreciating a great view or a photo is a form of mindfulness practice. So I'm the biggest proponent that mindfulness is really applicable. It takes two seconds to be mindful. It takes 30 minutes to potentially have a mindfulness session. There's all these different elements of mindfulness. I'll credit my cousin, Courtney, who is a practicing lawyer that started teaching mindfulness to law firms, people that are very high stressed. And she turned it into a career. And she brought it in a little bit with the yoga, with the mindfulness into our family. And then I ran with it. It wasn't something where I've done any sort of formal training course that's on my bucket list. I definitely want to do 
retreats and dive into that more. But for me, it's just very natural. The script that I have when I teach mindfulness, I'll post on my Instagram. I'll say, Hey, June 15th at 8am, I'm teaching a mindfulness session. I'll get about five to eight people to join and I'll teach. And the script is very much a free flowing. Really the coolest part is when I'm teaching, I'm also one of the students. I have like two separate sides of my brain where the words are coming very naturally to me. But I'm doing the practice. And at the end, I feel as good as my students feel. That's cool. It shows you a little bit of the power of mindfulness where you are actually pulling away from everything else to the point where my words and what's coming through my brain is separate than what is happening to my body, which is a state of relaxation unlike any other. It's a real body high, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.